Philippians chapter 4, beginning uh, or continuing our, our series, I should say, entitled The Giving Church, The Giving Church, looking at uh, what it looks like to be a, uh, a right steward of uh, what we've been given in Christ. Uh, it's also, um, uh, we're continuing uh, a part of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so when I ask you, uh, man, I hope the fasting is going well. How's it going? Uh, if you haven't started yet, it's all good. You can get started uh, and keep on uh, keep on rolling. If you've stumbled, it's all right, man. I'm thankful that there is grace that abounds, man. You can uh, uh, start back up and continue rolling. Uh, and again, just a reminder, right, the purpose of a fast is to seek uh, the heart of God, uh, right, is to uh, cut out things that may distract uh, you from uh, seeking his face and choose uh, to seek him out uh, during this season. So I encourage you to continue on uh, with that. Philippians uh, chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 10, the book of Philippians, right? Uh, uh, The theme of the book is that of uh, joy, joy. Paul writes uh, to uh, the church in Philippi, a a church that was doing really well. He planted uh, during a second missionary journey 10 years prior to him writing this letter. uh, And he writes it to uh, to share some encouragement to them. Uh, in their continuation in the faith, he shares some truth with them and some reminders uh, for, of them to continue moving forward in Christ. But then we see tucked away towards the end, uh, you know, at the very end, I should say, of the book, uh, some uh, encouragement and personal testimony um, uh, of his life and the Philippians, uh, their uh, involvement in his life that I believe uh, really speaks to uh, the um, value of stewardship. Right. uh, Godly stewardship, but also right. uh, Godly stewardship lived out uh, appropriately, lived out uh, well. Uh, And so, you know, uh, this passage here, we're familiar with the first part of chapter four, verses one through nine. We we know it. We we know some of the verses that are there. But um, a lot of times we kind of overlook the second part of uh, the chapter. And so I want to read verses 10 through 20 uh, together. Uh, And then uh, we'll jump into uh, the sermon. Philippians chapter four, starting in verse 10. If you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. And uh, verses will be on the screen if you don't have a copy of God's word with you. I know it's a little warm in here because it's cold outside. I just want to make sure you ain't dozing off, you know. Uh, But uh, but uh, Philippians chapter four, starting in verse 10. And we'll read through verse 20. It's what the word of the Lord has to say. I talking about Paul rejoiced. In the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and how to and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him. Talking about Christ who strengthens me. That's a familiar verse. Verse 14. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you, Philippians, yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. 
I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. In verse 19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Why don't we pray one more time together? Lord God, we do love you. We thank you for uh, your word. Lord, pray that you bless it. God, I pray that uh, you again would continue to meet with us here. Lord, speak to us through your word. Lord, I pray that we'd respond uh, as a result of it, God. We love you. We thank you. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. I've entitled the message today, Godly Stewardship. Godly Stewardship. Paul here to wrap up the letter to the church at Philippi uh, shares right about the experiences of the Philippian church and how they look to take care of him uh, during his life on the road as a missionary going and planting churches in certain areas. Uh, But here's the deal. The Philippians did much more than just take care of Paul and his needs and them doing that and them investing right financially in the life of Paul and his ministry. Right. They were in turn building God's kingdom. Uh, Paul here shares, hey, man, I'm good. You know, I I didn't need the stuff that you're looking to provide. But yet you were willing, man, to, to provide for me anyways and to provide for the work of the church anyways. We see that the Philippian church, man, they were a people that uh, lived out, man, this call to godly stewardship. Whenever I think of godly stewardship, I think, Brother Ross, of my Spanish teacher in high school, uh, Senora Roach. That was her last name, Miss Roach. Uh, she, uh, I had her for two years, uh, Spanish two and then Spanish three my junior year. And uh, my sophomore year, Brother Ross, uh, those were my B.C. days before Christ. And I'll be honest with you, I was a jerk in her class. Not going to lie to you, man. Cut up, you know, wanted to crack jokes, these things, yada, yada. Uh, My senior year, God was doing a work in my heart and life, ended up getting saved, uh, right, and had friends that were graduating that uh, originally led Fellowship of Christian Athletes at our school, FCA, that said, hey, Irv, we want you to lead it next year. And what that looks like is you go into a leadership camp down uh, near the Austin area about three hours away. And I said, man, that's great and good, but I'm broke. I ain't got no money to pay for that. How am I going to pay for that? Well, Miss Roach, Spanish teacher, she heard right about me wanting to go to FCA leadership camp. And Sister Kelly, she invested the $300 that was needed for me to be able to go. Didn't let anybody know. Didn't, didn't say anything. I found out later on down the road. A teacher who I, I know, man was not the biggest fan of fans of me, my, my first year there. A teacher, right, that, that didn't know me much besides being in class, right, chose to invest, man, in my life and ultimately invest in the kingdom of God. See, Miss Roach, right, she had the accurate picture of what it looked like to be, man, a godly steward of what she had. She was a teacher, a high school specialist. It's not like she made a ton of money. But she chose to invest, here it is, in what matters. And it didn't matter just because I was going there. It mattered because, hey, she knew that God's got a call in this man's life, and I'm going to invest in ultimately building God's kingdom. And listen, church, that's the same call that the Lord gives to each and every one of us. 
to be a godly steward in order before we get into, uh, uh, you know, talking about being a godly steward based on what we see in the scripture. I, I want to go ahead and define uh, the term steward. I want to go ahead and define it. Uh, the definition of the word steward is this someone who manages property or other affairs for someone else. Hey, that last part for someone else is super important, right? Someone who manages affairs and properties for someone else. The truth of the matter is all that we've got, all of our stuff in turn is not really ours. Did you know that it's not ours? You say, Pastor Irv, now listen, hey, I worked for it, man. Hey, I bought this, I bought that. Yeah, that's great and good. But who gave you the ability to work, to be able to buy for that stuff? The stuff isn't ours. It's not ours. The reality is, hey, we are stewards of what we possess. And the call for us, right, is to live as godly stewards by investing at the end of the day in what matters. What matters? We're called to be faithful stewards. Of all that we have, our families, our jobs, our finances. Hey, church, even ourselves. Bible, first Corinthians six tells us that we're not our own. If we're in Christ, we've been bought with a price. And so the call for us, man, is to be a faithful steward of ourselves. And so, man, we must be godly stewards, man, looking to invest in what matters in the end. Uh, this morning, I, I want to look at the examples of both Paul and the Philippian church, right? Folks that set right examples on what it looks like to be a godly steward and how they did that. Just two points today. Got a couple sub points, but just two points today. What it looks like to be a godly steward of the faith, seeing the example that we see in the scripture. The first example that I want to highlight here that we see, right, is from the Apostle Paul. We see here Paul's contentment. Paul's contentment here in the text. Hey, the first uh, uh, first takeaway, if you will, right, is the fact that Paul, man, was content in what he had. He was content in what what he had. Contentment is the first step, right, in us looking to live as godly stewards, man, in this life. He set the example in how he lived uh, his life because he grew to learn how to be content in the Lord. Uh, we see him talk about it here. We see him list a, a couple of uh, keys or we see listed here. I should say a couple of keys to uh, contentment. Right. Uh, the first key to contentment in this life. Number one is adaptability. Adaptability. Paul here says, hey, look, man, I've learned uh, uh, how to be content with having little and I've learned how to be content and having much. Paul, man, experienced both sides of the coin and he was able to adapt Man, too, uh, what he had. Contentment looks like learning how to have, here it is, the correct posture or correct attitude, no matter the season of life that you're in. Because of Paul's calling, he experienced both extremes. And he was able to say, man, hey, I'm, I'm content in both, man. I'm all right in both. All right in both. He experienced, man, a, a, a lot Uh, Well, he experienced a a ton of having little, if you will. Right. He didn't have a ton. Man, you look throughout his life and his ministry. There were seasons where he went through a lot. Man, he had opponents who threw stones at him and almost killed him on a few different occasions. Acts 14 talks about that. Man, he uh, 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 was shipwrecked three different times. 
And one time he was left out to sea, man, for days until someone could come rescue him. Second Corinthians 11 talks about that. He was locked up in prison and inhumane conditions, right, for sharing the gospel. He went hungry oftentimes. But, man, he was able to adapt because his posture man, was correct, man. He saw at the end of the day, here it is, church, that God, man, it's elementary language, Brother Chris, but he saw that God was good. Man, even in the hard times, he also saw that God was good, man. And hey, in the good times as well, he, there were times where he had plenty. Churches like Philippi took care of him and other uh, places took care of him while he went and shared the gospel. And he saw, man, that the Lord was good during those times as well. Which, by the way, I'll go ahead and share this, too. Uh, just just, you know, just in case you need to know all right, or need to be reminded. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having abundance. There's nothing wrong, hey, with the Lord blessing you and your family, right? You've worked hard, nothing, nothing wrong with, with being, able, being blessed financially, if you will. Hey, the issue comes whenever, man, you're blessed financially and your posture changes. And all of a sudden, hey, you're, you're worshiping the stuff instead of, man, being content in him. All of a sudden, you're, hey, you're just being dependent on the stuff rather than being content in him. Man, Paul, man, was able to adapt, man, to whatever season, whatever season of life the Lord brought him in. And the call for us is to do the same. Ask some questions here. In the season of struggle, man, are you still able to put God first in your life? Worship him. Hey, in the seasons where the Lord's answered your prayers, he's taken care of you. He's blessed you. Are you still able to? Praise him and put him first. And here it is. Have the same exact desperation you had, man, whenever you didn't have what you had before. You're able to praise him. Man, what Paul is saying here is this. Hey, the call to contentment is learning how to be adaptable to whatever season of life the Lord brings you. And he talks about that there. But not only that, right, to, uh, the second key to learning how to be content in this life, right, is this. Learning how to be dependent upon him dependency dependency verse 13 perhaps is one of the most misquoted verses right in all the scripture right and one of the most known one of the most used but a lot of times a lot of the one of the most misquoted ones where i can do all things through christ who strengthens me some folks think right they take it out of context and say you know what hey man i know jesus i can do all things in him what i want to tell you is can i go ahead and tell you Listen, if you try to climb up on this roof and jump off and think you're going to fly because you can do all things in him, you ain't going to fly. Hey, j- hey j- just like uh, the great philosopher, right, uh, Woody from Toy Story. Remember that old movie? Woody from Toy Story said, hey, listen, you ain't going to be flying. You're going to be falling with style. And then you're going to be riding in style to the hospital for the broken bones you got. Listen, the verse that Paul mentions there, right, about doing all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? He's speaking to this reality of, just a continuation really, of the adaptability portion there. I've learned at the end of the day, hey, I can go without or I can go with plenty. But whatever season of life I'm in, hey, I know that the Lord's going to give me strength to be able to move forward in him. Looking at it in context, right, which speaks to his dependency upon him. Hey, I'm going to trust in him. I'm going to lean on him to take care of me no matter what that looks like. 
He knew that the Lord was in control and that it was his dependency on the Lord that was going to lead to contentment in him. Walking in contentment in the Lord is learning how to be dependent upon him. Man, that's so important. It's so easy, right, to blur the lines of what we hear, you know, they, you know, in in the United States. Right. The picture of independence. Hey, working hard. Hey, get, getting it out of the mud, if you will. Taking care of me and mine. Hey, th- those are great qualities. I'm not saying that, you're, you know, you're supposed to be lazy. I'm not saying those things. But be careful not to blur the lines right of. Man, working hard. And taking care of your family and choosing to lean on your own strength instead of leaning on the Lord. Be careful not to blur the lines. The call for us, man, is to be dependent upon him. I love what one commentary says. One mark of maturity in Christ is that the mature know how to depend on the Lord in every situation of life, not only in those for which they assume they need Man, that's so true. Man, this dependency on him is whether we have little and we need or whether we have plenty. And the call for us is to be dependent upon him. Easy to depend on him when all you have is nothing. Man, what about when you have everything? Or when he gives you what you ask for, man, are you choosing to be dependent upon him then? The keys to contentment, adaptability and independence upon him. And hey, that's where stewardship starts, learning how to be content in him. And Paul, man, demonstrated that. Galatians 2.20 says it like this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And Paul's contentment is what we see here. Right? The first uh, takeaway, uh, first picture of one man who uh, lived a life of godly stewardship. The second truth, and then I'm through here. Not only do we see Paul's commitment or uh, Paul's uh, contentment, rather, but secondly, we see the Philippians' uh, commitment. We see the Philippians' uh, commitment. Notice, man, the commitment of uh, the church at Philippi. Paul talks about it there. Verse 14, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. Hey, I'm good. I've learned how to be good in little and in much. Hey, but man, it was so kind of you to share, man, in my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning, man, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Man, even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I've received full payment and more. I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent me, man. The Philippian church, man, hey, they were committed to serving Paul and building God's kingdom at the end of the day. Which you read this at surface level, man, hey, that, you know. Okay, sounds like a good church, man, that loved a guy that had been there a while. But in reality, man, Paul hadn't been there in a decade. Like I said, he wrote this letter 10 years after, man, he went and planted the church. And he wasn't at the church, uh, uh, you know, he wasn't at Philippi long whenever he was there. 
compared to, you know, pastors that have been serving and plugged in to, to places for, for decades. He wasn't there long. He did the work that God called for him to do and moved on. Yet the Philippian church, hey, they were committed, man, to taking care of Paul, serving him, right, and, and continuing, right, to support the mission of building God's kingdom, man, all around uh, the earth. Hey, the calling of a godly steward is learning how to be committed, man, to giving to the Lord and helping build his kingdom. Godly stewardship looks like possessing a commitment to serve the Lord and build his kingdom. And that is exactly, excuse me, exactly what they did. When I think about this, I think of my uh, former pastor in New Orleans, a guy named Dr. Uh, Ken Taylor. A missions professor served, you know, bivocationally at um, a church there in New Orleans. To be honest with you, it was in the hood. Just be honest with you. Uh, rough area. You know, I remember working on staff with him. And he was a man that demonstrated consistency and commitment. I remember one time in particular, uh, there was a double homicide in a neighborhood about 10 minutes away. And not even 24 hours later, Brother Dwayne, he's like, hey, you know, Irv, listen, here's what we're going to do, man. We're going to go and prayer walk the community over there. And, you know, man, I, I'm a man of God. I love the Lord. You know, but I'm thinking, Dr. Taylor, man, it hadn't even been a full day yet. And th- this is New Orleans. And you want us to go to the seventh floor? Man, that place is worse than over here. And you want us to go pray over But listen, he, he was a man that was... And committed to the Lord and committed to help build God's kingdom. And he knew at the end of the day the Lord was going to protect him. And listen, even if he didn't, it's all right. In his mind, he was going to serve God. And he didn't just show his commitment on Sundays in the pulpit, man. He showed it during the week. He showed his commitment to the Lord, man, by every Sunday. That's all, man. Give his tithes and his offerings. He was a professor, not like he made a ton. He was tithes and offerings to the Lord. Showed his commitment in choosing to minister and serve faithfully. And in the same way, the Philippians showed that same commitment. And in the same way, hey, we're called, man, to demonstrate that same commitment to the Lord. This Christian life, right, is not just one that we choose to pick up when it's convenient. This Christian life is not just one that we choose to live, man, when everything's great. In our life or live when everything is rocky in our life. Man, this Christian life is a call to consistency and commitment. And the Philippians were committed, man, to building the Lord's uh, kingdom by investing in Paul. We see here the ways that they showed their commitment real quick. And I'm uh, through the first way that they showed their commitment is that they shared their life, uh, share their life. Paul talks about, man, that that I, it's kind of you to share uh, in my trouble. Uh, the trouble that Paul was going through, it's not ne- defined, you know, uh, necessarily defined uh, here in the text. We don't know what was going through. We, we know that he went through a ton of trouble throughout his life and ministry. But the, it says here that the Philippians, man, they shared in his trouble. Right. It speaks to this partnership that the church had with uh, Paul. Partnership that went beyond just giving a little money here and there. It was a partnership, man, that, you know, spoke of prayer, spoke of investment, encouragement in his life. The Philippian church, man, chose, right, to share their life with Paul. 
Right. They loved and cared for Paul and the ministry that was there. Man, they saw a care. They saw a care and concern for the work of the Lord. man, And they chose to participate in it. That's the call that we have as well. Church man to share our lives. That's a part of this Christian life. It's not just to be here, be another uh, 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 face in the crowd, if you will, but actually, man, do life with one another. Share our lives with one another. You see a need. You hear of a prayer request. Man, hey, take it to the Lord in prayer. Minister to that person in need. Not just wait for pastors or deacons to do it. Man, hey, you as a blood-bought child of God, man, you step in and share your life with them. They shared their life. Secondly, right, they showed a commitment to the Lord and his work by choosing to sacrificially give, man. Hey, there were folks that sacrificially gave to Paul and the work that he was doing. You see there in the text there, starting in verse 16, right? You sent help for my needs once and again. Uh, you, you know, I, I've received full payment and I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. He goes back to the Old Testament here and speaks of, right, uh, uh, this aroma, right, that's pleasing to God. If you go back to the Old Testament text, you know that whenever uh, uh, folks came to offer sacrifices, the high priest's job, right, was to burn incense, which wasn't cheap. To burn incense multiple times a day. Right as the sacrifice was taking place. And, and, and that aroma, right, with the sacrifice would be shown, man, as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Because of the sacrifice that was given there. The Philippian church, hey, listen, they didn't, they didn't just tip Paul. They didn't just throw a little money in the plate for Paul. But they sacrificially gave to him. Hey, they gave out of their poverty. They gave out of their struggle. Man, because they loved the Lord and they loved the ministry that was going on there. And so, man, hey, they chose to invest there. And the call for us is to have that same kind of heart. Man, to, hey, to give, here it is, with no strings attached. To give, man, out of our need. Instead of tipping him. Hey, can I challenge you this morning? Listen, can I challenge you to man choose to test God with what you give? Remember what Malachi 3 says, right? Lord says, hey, look, hey, hey, try me, test me. Hey, hey, and see that if I'll send down, man, showers of blessing from heaven. Can I challenge you instead of, hey, choosing to tip God out of the excess that you have, hey, to, to choose to give them your first fruits. Give your first fruits, right, to him, your tithes and offerings, but, and choose to give in abundance to him. Listen, giving at the end of the day, it's a spiritual exercise. It is. And the Philippian church, man, they understood that. This was important to them. And so they chose to to give over and beyond. Saw as a spiritual exercise. Like we say here every single week at Tylertown, right? That, man, giving is a continuation of our worship. It is. Giving to the Lord. It's a continuation of our worship.
And so the call for you, man, is to have that right posture. Yeah, give. And what the Lord leads you here in the church house, but also live a life of generosity outside this. These walls. Man, and watch the Lord look to take care of you. Giving is not worship until I choose to give with no strings attached. Giving is not worship until I choose to give with no strings attached. Man, the Philippian church, man, out of their poverty, man, hey, they gave with no strings attached. And they saw the Lord do a great work in the life of Paul, the ministry there, but also great work in their life. And they sacrificially gave. And then, man, the third way that the Philippian church, they show, man, their commitment to the Lord and to Paul, commitment to the work, was that they trusted in God's supply at the end of the day. Verse 19, Paul says it here. He reminds them of this promise that my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Hey, church, our giving is measured by his supply at the end of the day. Our giving is measured by his supply. Paul promises them, hey, look, man, hey, the ones that man, chose out of the love of their heart, man, to invest Right to give to the Lord, to his church. Hey, man, hey, the Lord's going to take care of you. And as we, as I've said here often, right, that take care, you hear it and you think, uh oh, prosperity gospel, man, hey, bells are ringing. No, you ain't going to get a new Mercedes. I'm not saying that. But hey, he's going to take care, man, of all your needs. He's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for you. And so my challenge and encouragement to you, man, hey, Start somewhere. If you're not given to the Lord in this church, man, hey, start somewhere. And hear me. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not saying this right because, hey, the more you give, the more, man, money that Tyler Town has, man, and the more that we're getting. No, no, no. First of all, God's my provider. I, I, you know, I'm not dependent upon you. I'm dependent on the Lord to take care of me. I'm saying this to be real with you. Hey, you're missing out, man, on the blessing and the fruit that comes with choosing to be one that is generous with your stuff. If you choose not to give them, if you choose to be a hoarder of what you have, man, instead of man choosing to, to, to live a life, man, that, that is generous. Man, you're missing out on the blessing that comes with it. I, I, I've had to learn it myself. Growing up, not having a ton, man, seasons where I didn't have a ton. I, I was a hoarder at times. I didn't want to share my food with nobody. Didn't want to share my stuff with nobody. And man, that. A lot of times, man, it's fruitless life. And so let me challenge you, man, because the Lord is able, man, to provide, man, choose to trust in his supply and give to him. Give to him, man. Look to live generously for him. Look to live generously for him. Love what this one commentary says. And he points out that the statement There in verse 19 says, according to and not out of. According to means that the supply that's being talked about here is suited to the resource and like it in kind and extent. God, therefore, bountifully blesses those who give with glorious provision 
in accordance with his glory and for his purposes. And so choose to trust in God's supply. Godly stewardship. Man, the call for us is to be godly stewards, man, of what God has given us. Not an easy message to hear. Hey, we're stewards of our stuff, man. The call for us is to learn how to give it all away. But, man, there's great blessing that comes. Number one, it shows that, listen, first and foremost, all that I have, all the glory, man, goes to him. Paul talks about that, verse 20. But also it's an opportunity to be able to be a part in building God's kingdom, right, in building stuff that lasts at the end of the day. Man, so choose, man, to have godly stewardship. Choose to walk in godly stewardship.